Hi, I'm Chief Bob Vasquez. And I'm Dr. Jose Lugo Santiago. Welcome to Leaders and Futures. Let us have a new kind of conversation, one about leading as futures emerge, are yet to happen, or plainly need to be reimagined. Someone has said that the best way to predict the future is to create it. Although it's impossible to predict the future, one thing is certain, you must lead in it. It's time to think differently about leading. This podcast is powered by the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight. Let's get started with today's discussion on leaders and futures. Well, welcome back to our listeners uh, who were listening to us last week as we were starting to get, uh, it was getting hot and heavy, man. We were starting to get the blows. Here. I know. Well, I, know. I, and I, I hate to, to, to make you Yeah, you were like, like I don't wrong. agree. I don't yeah. agree. No, and yeah. I was like, you can't handle the truth. I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a tagline for a movie. <laughs> yeah. Eh, nah, nah, trying never. to figure out what that was. Yeah. But it's definitely not mine. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hope you had a good week. And uh, here we go back to uh, talking about the, the analysis. We're still on that. And my, my point was in the analysis, and on that, guys, that's easy for me to say. Analysis process was that we have to include the the leader, the followers, uh, the organization, the purpose. And as you were uh, saying when I cut you off, uh, it's a process. So what is the process? It, you know, again, being a Covey guy, I I think you start you begin with the end in mind. What is that purpose? Why are we here? Well, absolutely, and this is why. Uh, so what you want in your organization is, for the most part, right? if you're serving customers, regardless what customers, internal or external, is excellence, there is an expectation that we are going to hit the mark in regards to some kind of standard. And so, if, so that means that we already know how the product, service, whatever is going to look like. So we did not hit the mark. And and we know that we did not hit the mark because there is analysis, right? That there is a there is a so back to the uh, Socrates principle, right? A, an exam an unexamined life is not worth living. In leadership, that's a story. You are looking at what happened in the organization, what happened with you, how you're leading, and then you're saying, why did I hit did not hit the mark? And so then what you do, and in, in the case of you know, leading an organization, you know how that end state is going to look like. And then you put everybody together and say, okay, uh, uh, this is what we wanted to go to. This is, this is the, this is where we wanted to be. And, and then trying to understand first the situation, right? Let's, let's talk about context. Why did these things, you know, what was happening? And once you understand all of those things, then let's look for root causes. Why did this happen? Right. And then, and and then we go through this uh, root cause uh, process to for us to be able to understand what could have been the most likely cause of, for us not to hit the market or hit the, the whatever our benchmark was, and then and then we we together co-create how we're going to move forward into the future. You know, in our journey towards this preferred future to this end state, how are we going to co-create? Uh, you know, that path, how is I going to look? And then we make a commitment to each other that uh, I am going to, because all of us have part in this solution. A lot of times we like to, you know, say, no, that this person did, no, no, stop, stop. All of us are on this together. They're in an organization. It's just like a body, right? A body has a hand, 
and uh, got legs. And I mean, everything is connected. Same thing in an organization. That's what we call it in our organization, right? In leading, everything is connected to everything. And so we together co-create and we together say, okay, I have, I am going to help you with this. You're going to be doing this. So all of us take roles and responsibilities to make sure that we can get to that end state to the best possible way in, you know, in a humane way too. Yeah. And the humane part is the leading part, right? Uh, it doesn't have to be the quote leader. It's all of us uh, helping each other, leading each other in that same direction, which is the purpose, which yes. is uh, connected to uh, the vision, to the uh, the future, what or futures to get to this purpose. This is what we're trying to create. And again, I think it always goes back to, uh, to inspiration, Lugo, you know, a, a real, I know you've worked with some good leaders, and you're welcome. The but the the, the, <laughs> the real leaders with a capital L are the ones who inspire. Not and they don't necessarily aspire. You know, I don't, I've never worked with a real leader who was aspiring to do anything other than to help me be better. You know, and I think those are the people that inspire people to follow. So you so you can be a good leader or a good follower. But one of the things that you're mentioning, uh, Lugo, is as we talk about the why and all that, my gut is that when we let allow emotion to take over as we're making that analysis, we're dead. You know, uh, it, it, it's, we're not, it's not working, whatever it is. It's not working because Johnny is a, a dirtbag. Okay, that's an emotional uh, response. You're not going to get anywhere as long as you think that Johnny is a dirtbag until you realize that maybe he's not. You know, again, going back to leading and, uh, and analyzing this stuff, if we don't take the input of people the uh, seriously, you know, the, the, they're the ones that know. You got to uh, cultivate we, we, that. We're about, to, we're about to fail. And it's like uh, I tell this story or I have this question. If you see someone in their hallway doing nothing, what do you do? Well, most people are going to get upset and put that person to work. But what if that person was thinking about fixing whatever it is that you're trying to fix and you just shut him off or her off, you're not going to get that. They're not going to ever come back to you and say, hey, you know, I, I forgive you for making me feel devalued and uh, and let me tell you how we're going <laughs> to fix it. That's not going to happen. But we, we, miss, we, we miss that, you know? And I think that has to be part of the process. Yeah, there's a, a formal process for doing that. But the informal one is, I think, as important, if not more important, because you got to keep your ears open. You got to keep your heart open, man. Why is Johnny again, going back to what we talked about last uh, episode, why is it not working? Why is Johnny not doing well? Did you know the, and you know, it's always people know. I mm -hmm. think. Yes, they know. do. You know, it's because his, his, his family is hurting her, you know, whatever it is. Well, if you don't fix those things or work on those things, they're not going to, they're just going to do what possibly all they can, but probably all they have to do. But you see, every time you go into a, into a situation like that to fix, uh, number one is you're assuming that it's broke. You haven't yes. you haven't done anything, right? You, right. You're, you automatically you're saying it's broke, right. and that's because you think it's broke, right? You haven't done much research. Second, now now that you think uh, that's a, a uni perspective, right? Now that you think it's broke, now you're going to bring this person back and you're going to interrogate the person. Why yeah. did you do this? And so in, in that type of environment, who's going to speak? The problem is that the leader, again, like we were just talking, we just mentioned, you got to cultivate an environment where there is psychological safety. People feel that they can speak 
and they are safe to speak. And and so you have to approach the whole situation in a manner that in a with a this with a helping attitude, and rather than I'm gonna interrogate you, we're gonna find out why yeah. is this broke. You know, maybe the person has just discovered something, and so uh, that's one of those things that I that I really like about Kaizen. Uh, when we think about lean and that philosophy as a leadership philosophy is that they they believe these people you know this is a grassroots approach to improving the organization and, and that is that we believe that people have uh intrinsic value they know they want to do better and they understand the problems of the organization so if you leave them, you know, give them some guidance, give them the resources they need. They're going to solve problems for you rather than, uh, you know, uh, you thinking this is broke and whatever. And, and you know what? I'm not saying that that's wrong. That you're not going to have it. You sometimes you're going to see things that are appear to be broke and you had to think through uh, those things. The other piece in that is the word. This is the confusing part, the word leadership or leader. It is very confusing word, and maybe if we can, uh, if we would take that word out of the dictionary and come up with something different, or we just completely eliminate it, I think we will have a better perspective of us uh, being able to manage situations and 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 just get people moving towards uh, where we want to be. You call it uh, progress, right? Which is change forward. You see, I learned. <laughs> yeah. so, but you're still so, using the c word and that, that yeah that's so, but let's, not, let's not use the, the word leader leadership leadership i mean yeah. uh type it in in the google and you see how many billions of yeah. of hits you get because it, it's so misused and it yeah. doesn't mean anything now and every time we say leader we we are putting everybody in there yeah. and the truth is that that everybody is i guess a leader the first person you lead is oneself and then everybody yeah. else is connected because all of us are connected to everybody. Yeah. Well, um, and I'm I contend that you, you have the choice to lead. You, you don't, you yes. don't have to lead yourself and God forbid, but there's a lot of people out there that don't and they're hurting, you know, until they can figure out that they can lead themselves and then commit to doing it and do it. It's bad. Time is, uh, life is bad for them. So yeah, we can, well, if we take the opportunity, but so so here's I think uh, an important part of this process, Google, is uh, like I said, and we I think we agreed. This is the leader is important, the followers are important, the organization, the purpose. What about the experience? I, I've been doing this for 25 years, boss, and here you uh, you just came out of college uh, with your PhD, and you think you know everything because you got a piece of paper that says you know everything, and you're going to lead me. Okay. Lead me if you can. Yeah. Good luck with that. <laughs> so <laughs> we, we, I think, cause I've been there, I've been there where, yeah. you know, I've been doing this all my life and you don't even ask me that that's a, a, the question I think is critical. What do you think? Well, with experience. an open mind, with an open mind asking, what do you think? Not with a, uh, with a, an answer in your head that you want them to regurgitate. What do you think? Yeah. But I think that, uh, you cannot deny the experience. No, I'm gonna. Uh, that that's very important. I'm, I'm glad uh, that you're agreeing with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the point was how are you going to you gonna lead me, right? You're gonna yeah. lead me, and 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 so you cannot deny the experience because the experience there's something that happens 
when you have the experience, right? You you think you're doing something, you apply what you have learned, which in some all of us have some kind of framework on what how we see the world. Yeah. And so we had these conceptions and we apply those things and and it's good. It, it's it's what it's a method of survival. And we apply it and all of a sudden we feel, oh, uh, that did not work. So asking the question, what do you think is good? But you cannot deny what you already know, because it may be if I can get everyone to the point where we can co-create, then we can get to a solution. I'm not talking here about consensus. Uh, that is, uh, again, uh, I can't remember who said that, but I thought it was great. Uh, you know, a consensus is, it's uh, what what is a camel? Is A camel is a horse built by consensus. Mm, yeah <laughs> you know uh so it, it looks like that in the end uh trying to get consensus into do doing something we missed the mark on timing sometimes many many times we missed the mark in quality uh and then uh we get people in different sides of the organization like like the ones that i was telling you about the the five different types of people in our organization strongly supports moderately support neutral and then the terrorists, the two types of terrorists in the organization, moderately against and strongly against uh, what you do. So if I can co-create, maybe even if I don't get everybody to uh, feel with me, at least they know that that everybody had the opportunity. Yeah. And I have created the space that everybody knows that whenever there's we're going to make a big decision, you know, I, I'm going to consider. But in the end, I am accountable. And I'm going to, after I have looked through all of those things, I'm going to make a decision. So it doesn't mean that the leader, the person who is in charge is going to take the path of this person or this person. If you don't do what I say, no, because guess what? I am the one responsible for this. Yeah. So we got to understand all these dynamics that go into leading. But but getting to the point where, you, like you say, everybody knows that's an assumption. It's always an assumption because we don't know what people know or what they think or believe. If you're going to be effective, the more you know about that, the better you better decisions you're going to make, and the more effective you're going to be if you make the right decisions or the decisions based on all of that information. But you don't know, Lugo. You know, again, I think if you go, if this is going to be part of the process, especially with experienced people. The, the, what you got to do, and I think we've gone away from it in the last 20, 30 years, you got to talk to them. You got to be with them person to person. Uh, how uh, how much percentage of, of the listening process, the communication process is not verbal? And it's like 90%, 97%. I don't know what it is. I don't care. But it's a lot. You know, you can mm -hmm. tell a lot about a person by looking them in the eye and asking them the question, like that question, what do you think? I, I remember at the Air Force Academy, those freshmen that I used to, to teach, uh, I'd ask them, how, how are you doing? And because we had trained them to answer only in the seven ways, outstanding, sir. I, I'd look them in the eyes and say, that bullshit. Tell mm -hmm. me, man, how are you doing? Well, chief, and then it'd start. You know, then they'd open mm -hmm. up. And I think as a leader, you got to do this. For the organization, you got to do this. Now, what you contend, and I agree, is that we, we have an organization where we all are united in this. We can all speak to each other honestly and say what we want. But I don't know that it happens very often. I'd, I'd like, especially people that are listening, I'd, it'd be great if you, if you are listening and you have an organization where this happens. Tell us who you are and we'll 
tell the world that th this organization does that based on the input that we got. Because I don't think that it happens very much. You got to create a shared experience and you're talking about participative, uh, an environment where everybody participates, everybody understands, everybody's able to do input. Then you get to that point that you're talking about. Exposure, obviously very important for 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 all of us to have the same experience within the organization. If only in, in an organization, since everybody's at different levels, everybody is exposed to different things. And so when you put them together, many of them will see things that others can't, right? That's that's the idea of having been exposed at different levels. Your sense of judgment is different. You're able to uh, determine effective, uh, what effective performance looks like, uh, what problem solving looks like uh, through all of those things, what good or not so good looks like in the context of you know, the organization, but that's exposure. And so if everybody is exposed to a common experience, then you have that uh, that particular uh, leadership experience across the organizations where everybody can say, uh, this is good, this is our future. Yeah, but but the exposure itself, and I agree with you, that that's critical. But at the same time, and I know this is a different version of the same word but you have to analyze that too that that behavior that you just uh, were exposed to that you say is good behavior the behavior that we envision as part of our our uh, culture but you got to talk about it Lugo. you got to explain that. it especially to a youngster and, and again we assume that's what you were saying that where everybody knows i mean i've seen this i i probably said this to the boss everybody knows that no, no, not, not everybody, everybody knows, knows that. that. No, uh, they we think we that they do, and and I think the more experience you have in that culture, the more you assume that everybody knows because you do. And then we're talking about it here in the in the office. The you know the three top people. Well, obviously everybody knows. That's based on our assumption that we know, and we assume that everyone knows when that's not true. But you see, that's that's the uh, that's the key. So assumptions are important. Assumptions we do we we run organizations through, you know, future uh, planning. We used to do that for you know tons of years. And one of the things that that we before we begin to to uh, build the future that we want in organizations, you know, we we go through you know different types of future in our organizations. So we, we we talk about uh, these are the futures that are forming based on these trends and this uh, what what we see in the environment. We also look at uh, you know what could possibly happen. These are the scenarios, and, and so and these are probable futures that will emerge, but I want to get here. And so then we begin to develop strategy to get us uh, to that point. And one of the, 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 the way, the first thing that we do that, okay, if we're going to develop strategy, that means is the method of how are we going to get there to where, what, you know, that end state, we need to understand together, we need to have the same level and same kind of assumptions. We call them strategic assumptions. And so then we together, so make sure that all of us see the world or see all these things that we're talking about when we're leading into the future or into the future that we want, then we agree that these are 
I don't know, in my case, I, I make them go between seven and 10 strategic assumptions about the future. And based on those assumptions, now all of us understand what these assumptions are. Then we develop the way forward. How are we going to move forward? Otherwise, uh, when we don't do that, everybody assumes different things, just just like you were just talking about. It. And, and we just don't move together because everybody thinks, oh, you know, this is this, that, this is that. Uh, Chief Gaylor, uh, Chief Mason of the Air Force Gaylor, uh, he tells a story about uh, him being outside uh, his house and uh, he goes out to uh, take out, take the mail and he sees his neighbor back when uh, his neighbor, you know, working in a car and feels fixing a carburetor. And and then he looks at him and said, wow, wow, what do you, well, this works like this and like that. And then the person fixing the carburetor said, well, you know, anybody could do this. And uh, and he said, oh, I can't do that. <laughs> you know, the person fixing the carburetor they yeah. did not think any any of it because, you know, this comes natural to me. And, and, and so, I mean, if I can do it, you can do it. And a lot of times that happens uh, when we're leading. Right. I mean, I, I think if I can do this, you can do this. Right. And so we go into the future uh, doing all of these things and not being able and aware to understand what are our weaknesses and what are our strengths as we move forward. So we cannot make assumptions, but we're going to make assumptions. We must make assumptions, but we need to have uh, we need to understand that all together, together, we believe these are going to be these are the assumptions that we can make about ourselves and the future. And if we all agree then we can work the future. Yeah. Well, you people, you MTIs, military instructors, uh, back uh, 50 years ago taught me that uh, assuming makes an ass out of you and me. And we'll talk about this some more. <laughs> yeah, let's let's uh we are talking about the entire word assumption. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. See you next week. We'll <laughs> see you next week. Thank you for listening. We hope today's topic connected with you and helped you reflect on the work leaders do to get out of a narrow focus on one future and into a broader range of possible alternatives. If you'd like to connect with us, find us at leadersandfutures.com. And if you would like to learn more about leadership and future studies, we have several programs to help you at the Institute for Leadership and Strategic Foresight. Until next time, be great.